If you've recently or ever used less than truckload or partial truckload transportation services for your freight, you're probably wondering why the transit timing for these shipments is so hard to predict, especially at the time of pickup. This can be extremely frustrating, especially if you consider that your full truckload shipments frequently arrive quicker than those other shipping services. Why does this happen though? Like everything else in this industry, the more you're able to understand these methods for shipping smaller amounts of freight and what influences their transit timing, the better off you'll be. I'm your host, Eli Simonson, and in this episode of Beyond the Road, let's speak to a longtime transportation industry professional who will explain why transit timing changes between LTL, PTL, and FTL shipments so you can set your expectations accordingly. Stick around. Hello and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Road, uh, the transportation industry podcast where we talk all things transportation and logistics. I'm uh, coming to you today on National Logistics Day is when we're recording this. Uh, obviously, we won't publish on National Logistics Day, but uh, shout out to all you transportation industry professionals out there on your special day. Joining me today is a, is a man who needs no introduction, but we should probably introduce him a little bit. <laughs> uh, Josh Gawecki. Josh is a sales team manager with ATS Logistics. Josh, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on. Really pushing my ego. Yes, very exciting <laughs> to, have, to have an expert like you in the, in the same room. I do what I can. Uh, let's talk a little bit, bit about your history in transportation. What do you do at Anderson Truck and Service? A um, little, little history for me, been with ATS for a couple of years now. My current role, I, I get to lead a group of salespeople who really at the end of the day focus on solving our customers' problems um, and moving freight, getting stuff from point A to B and finding the best way to do it uh, for the customer and you know, trying to do our, our, our good due diligence for, um, for them and the drivers out there too. And you started... At ATS as just a sales rep, a national sales representative? Yep. Started out as a sales rep and uh, worked my way up through uh, the, the ranks to currently as a sales manager. Yep. And we've worked together quite a bit, and it seems like you move a lot of different freight, right? What would you say you, you see the most of? Yeah. Um, our team moves quite a few different things. Uh, predominantly, we, we're currently moving a lot of overdimensional, um, big heavy haul, um, double drop RGN freight. Uh, but we move equal amounts of... Um, vitamin mixes or palletized van freight it's kind of all over the board sure you get a good mix as a as a freight broker at a big company like ats yeah so we're talking about transit timing transit timing uh and how it varies between depending on the service that the shipper would be using right so ltl less than truckload ltl is what we'll probably commonly refer to it as here partial truckload or ptl and then full truckload or dedicated service for sure. Um, and then just how that transit timing kind of fluctuates. But first, let's start just simply by defining these terms for the listener. So what are we thinking about? What what size, dimensions, quantities are we thinking about for less than truckload? You know, less than truckload is something that's really kind of geared towards someone that's not needing a full truckload. Um, whether that it's uh, one skid, um, commonly can sometimes get up to, you know, six to ten skids, uh, depending on the weight. 
it really provides an economical solution for someone that might not have it in the budget right. to send something dedicated um, and really doesn't have a whole lot of expectations around when it's going to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's become very popular for like a just-in-time type model, so they're shipping less more often, um, where LTL has kind of seen their growth recently, especially with the pandemic of the last couple of years. Sure. And when... When you're thinking about LTL transportation, is it usually a carrier or like an LTL carrier who does that specifically, or is it kind of a mix? Typically, the largest players in the LTL game are dedicated to LTL and LTL only. Um, you know, your your XPOs, your 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 yellows, your Estes, that's what they do. That's their bread and butter. Um, LTL, they have some dedicated stuff on the side, but really their main business is being good at LTL. Right. Um, it's a it's a business model that requires pretty significant investment um, with with real estate land um, having manpower to have you know to man all these different terminals to drive the freight from terminal to terminal it's quite an in-depth operation sure so there's a lot of overhead costs there if you're if you are providing LTL because you're gonna have to have those facilities right. in place mm-hmm. uh, okay let's step up the ladder here to partial so partial truckload what are we thinking about size wise commodity? You know, I like to I like to at least tell my team that a good rule of thumb is a partial truckload typically is half a truck or less. Right. Um, sometimes your your freight might be not just ideal for LTL, and that your provider says, "Hey, you know, a partial truckload might make the most sense here." Um, whether it be maybe your cargo value is too much for what standard LTL coverages is, or your timeline of when it needs to get delivered is. Uh, more specific than what an LTL provider can uh, give you. Partial truckloads can sometimes, depending on what your timeline is, can be more cost-effective for larger shipments nearing that half a truckload size. Sure. So when it makes when it starts to make sense logistically, um, it can be really time and cost-effective, right, for, for the partial right. to just consolidate maybe multiple LTL shipments into that partial load if it makes right. sense for your for your timelines, your deadlines. Exactly. Cool. And then moving up to full truckload, I think for the purpose of this conversation and transit timing and speed and stuff, maybe we'll keep it to just obviously legal legal full truckloads. Yeah. A good rule of thumb uh, for, for legal full truckloads is, you know, we assume that a driver can safely drive 500 miles a day. So if you've got a run that's, you know, a thousand miles, we're, we're going to tell you the driver can safely do that in two days. Right. Um, you know, can sometimes drivers go more or less? You know, yes, but you know, a good rule of thumb so you're always at least being realistic is it's 500 miles a day. All right, so let's jump into this tr- the transit timing, just specifically talking about LTL. This is where people run into a lot of issues, I think, right? In planning, where they they think their LTL is gonna their load's gonna pick up uh, on a certain day, and they're shooting and they have a certain date that they're shooting for, and it just sometimes doesn't work out that way. So. Yeah, LTL is definitely one that's more hit and miss. You know, there's a lot more variables involved in the process. Uh, just, you know, from it's it's going to touch multiple different points throughout its life, throughout the LTL network. Right. You know, you're going to pick up um, at point A, and they're going to bring it back to a terminal there. And then depending on where it's going, it could hit, you know, two, three, four more terminals along the way, have to be offloaded, reloaded, so on and so forth the entire way. And the LTL network has been congested. It's they're they're behind. There's people shortages just as much as there is everywhere else. Right. Um, so they're having a hard time getting things flowing through the system quickly, um, which at least in the last couple of years of the pandemic has resulted in very very slow transit times. Just the difficulty of managing all the freight volumes, the, the lack of drivers, lack of equipment in many cases. 
um, it's just kind of slowed down the network significantly. Yeah, I suppose I didn't really think about it like that. But yeah, these labor shortages that we're experiencing across industries does affect LTL more than it does uh, a dedicated truckload, right? Because you don't have those handling points, much like right. a parcel delivery here. Yeah, they just don't have the warehouse uh, personnel to man. I mean, a lot of these facilities are 130 to 160 door buildings. So there's potentially 130, 160 trailers backed in into the building needing freight re- relocated, transloaded. And if you don't have the manpower to do it, you know, you're know you they're going to prioritize first in, first out. And sometimes that can be two, three extra days on the on the transit time. Yeah, so let's talk about that that time window for LTL. As a if I'm a company right now that needs LTL coverage, what should I be expecting on the front end? You know, like how much I think yeah, so how much lead time really is it gonna take for me to get a truck in my door? From lead time from getting a truck to you, I mean it, it depends. Uh there's a lot of the times where you it, it's right place, right time. Right. You know, if you a lot of carriers you can book one, two o'clock in the afternoon and they can be there by four. As long as you give them a two to three hour window is what they ask for. Uh, if you expect that, you're going to be pleasantly disappointed most of the time. Um, <laughs> but there are days that it works out. Uh, typically, a one day lead time is, is beneficial to you uh, so the carriers can plan their routes effectively because obviously they're, they're making deliveries and scheduling pickups throughout the day. So they're trying to route the truck most efficiently. Right. Um, so having that in there the day before is going to benefit um, from that standpoint. Right. And when a carrier is planning their, their route, are they thinking about like the size of the freight itself when they're planning on which ones to pick up first, or is it just completely based on? Um, it's pretty much based on location. location. They don't know exactly what they're getting until they get there. Oh. Okay. Um, when, when the pickup requests are submitted, you, know, you kind of give them an overview of, I've got four pallets I got to pick up, but you're not always telling them exactly what it is, how heavy it is, and they're not always getting that information. Oh, wow. So sometimes the drivers don't know what they're getting until they get there and they're handed the bill of lading. And is that where, like, um, where you, I mean, this may be a little off topic, is that where you get those, like, those accessorials that you maybe didn't plan for, right? Because yeah. the, the carrier wasn't sure exactly what they would be required to. Yeah, for that. So when if it's not quoted, and then the carrier's like, "Whoa, this is this is you know a lot longer than eight feet." And I didn't know it was gonna be eight feet, so there's gonna be some overdimensional length charges on this. Oh, and- sure. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So talking about the, on the other side of, it, of of the coin, right? From the pickup, they they come to your door, they pick up your freight, and they are off. They take off. What should you expect time frame wise for an LTL shipment? Generally, your providers uh, should be able to get you um, what what the, that carrier's estimated ETA would be. The the carriers typically know their networks pretty well, and they can say, you know, this is gonna be an estimated three, four, or five day transit time. Um, so you'll have a kind of a good baseline. I've always told my customers expect another add two or three days on there. You know, it's better to anticipate the worst, and then the best happens, and anticipate the best, and be pleasantly disappointed routinely. Right. Um, it's always good to put some buffer on there, especially if you've got a customer that's expecting something on a specific date. It's best to set that expectation up front that, hey, you know, there's some variables that are outside control. This could take an extra day or two. Right. Um, it's just not going to be the right solution for anything time sensitive. Right. No, anything time sensitive is definitely not your best solution. Yeah. So that's really the situation when LTL should be avoided completely, right? If you need, because I, you know, we, we talk a lot about internally about like, okay, what matters most to you, your pickup day or your delivery day? But really with LTL, it's all up in the air. Right. And, you know, we, we always like to say it's time or money. Um, if you have time, you know, some LTL could save you some money. If you don't have time, you're probably looking at spending some more money on an option that can provide guaranteed service. If you've got a deadline for a customer 
and there's no wiggle room, you're probably not looking at the cheapest option. Um, otherwise, you're just going to pleasantly disappoint the customer. All right. Now let's move over to PTO and transit timing. Okay, so I have a little larger shipment. It's it, LTL service is not the right solution for me. What should I think about, you know, as far as transit timing for a, for a partial? Is Does it get easier to predict? Um, it can. I think it's good to start at the beginning of a partial truckload, which is also getting it picked up. Um, typically, you know, your partial truckloads, you're, you're looking for um, a driver, a carrier that only has half the truck filled, and they're looking to fill that other half. Right. Um, and sometimes you're... You know they're looking for these ahead of time, so you're you're looking for a two to three day window on you know where can I where can I have a driver fill in there's uh, fill in the truck within this window because um, he could be 300 miles out and he's like well hey I could use that going to here but I can't be there until this date so having some flexibility on the front end um, is extremely beneficial but then when it comes to transit timing what's nice is it's not going from terminal to terminal so it's gonna be pretty similar to like a dedicated truck. Right. Um, you know, they're going to be making that three to 500 miles a day and able to move much more efficiently than you would just with a regular LTL carrier. Right, because they're not doing those stops to, to drop off or pick up new freight. Right. And what about uh, like transit in transit visibility? I know with, with LTL, it's a lot like parcel in the way that like every time, you know, you reach a facility, they're checking it in, they're giving you these little macro points or whatever mm-hmm. along the route. Uh, what about with part uh, with Partial. The great thing about partials is uh, we can we can get very similar tracking to what we do with regular dedicated truckload carriers. Sure. You know we utilize tools like MacroPoint, Trucker Tools, so we can have these carriers on tracking, so we can see as they're progressing throughout their route, you know where they are, how far they are away from um, whether it's a delivery or their next delivery. We can keep a good you know tabulation on where is this guy at and what's what's the timeline looking like. So we always have a good visibility of those drivers to a level higher than what you would get with just breakthrough moments like LTL. Okay, so partial compared to LTL, it is better. You need a little bit more flexibility on the front end maybe. Mm-hmm. But as soon as that thing is picked up, you can expect a little bit quicker transit as that driver you know, right. puts on miles quicker with, with fewer stops. What about full truckload? You get a dedicated truckload, I, you know, however, you know, I, got, I, have 53, I need a 53-foot flatbed trailer. Right. Okay. What's my transit time looking like? You mentioned that 500 miles a day is, is really realistic. Yeah, that's that's really the realistic number to be going off of. You know, every situation is different. Um, provided, you know, you're just talking a legal load that's going from point A to point B in a dry van, 53 foot flatbed. 500 miles a day is going to probably get you the estimate you need. Right. You know, once you start adding different variables, whether you've got overdimensional freight, you've got um, weather impacts, you know, those can throw some wrenches into that 500 miles a, a day, you know, estimate. Yeah. Um, but if you're just trying to purely keep yourself realistic, 500 miles a day, and you won't be disappointed. Anything that you see consistently impacts a company's ability to receive on-time service with any of these? Uh, anything that they are doing that they could control? Sometimes, I mean, the biggest factor, especially when it comes to some like LTL and um, truckloads, are, it's going to be the hours that the shipper is open or oh, sure. vice versa, receivers are open. Um, if you've got a very narrow window um, that you're trying to work within, say it's like, I only will load someone from 9 to 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. Well, that significantly makes it harder for, um, say, like an LTL carrier because their their trucks are full in the morning and they're not empty until they've delivered out all the freight until the afternoon. Right. Um, even on a truckload, you know, you're looking for for drivers that offloaded the day before and they're empty and ready to go in the morning. Typically, the the 
best case scenario for many of these guys is loading in the afternoon. You know, they can get offloaded first thing in the morning, grab some lunch, uh, stop at the truck stop, grab, and then grab their load at two, three o'clock and be on their way. Right. Um, that's typically the biggest hindrance I've seen, especially from an LTL standpoint, is just not being flexible enough. Sure. Are there are there instances where they miss out on their sur- on on the truck entirely because they're because they're closed? Like, does it if an LTL carrier gets there at the end of their end of their day, see so that say their hours of service are run out, it's the end of the day, do they just bounce to the next load? Yeah. So I mean, the if the LTL carrier knows they won't make the pickup or the the close time on that particular shipper, they'll typically automatically roll it to the next day, um, and put it on the schedule for then. Um, same thing if it's an early AM LTL pickup, that's probably going to happen two to three times. You know, they they just don't have typically that morning capacity to deal with something like that. Right. Okay. So that flexibility is very important, obviously. And then obviously communicating with maybe the res- the receiver, your customer right. of that freight to make sure that they are going to be open when this thing arrives as well. Exactly. And they can they get access to in-transit updates and stuff too, right? They can yep. They're, the they're, for LTL specifically, they'll be um, be able to track the pro numbers that the, the carriers provide so they, they can see equal amounts of um, you know breakthrough points as anybody else could. So start to finish, LTL is going to take the longest. Partial truckload you know, a little bit more visibility than an LTL and then a little bit, t- um, transit time is going to be quicker. And right. then obviously dedicated, you're going to be paying for that dedicated driver, but it is going to be far, far more expeditious. In exactly. The long run. Cool. Anything else about LTL, FTL, PTL that people should know? I, I just, I really like the rule of thumb. Time is, it's time or money. Um, oh, yeah. and just kind of knowing what your, your responsibility is and to who sometimes the responsibility is just to save in money. And then, you know, that LTL partial truckload option makes most sense, and sometimes you don't have time, so you're going to have to have money because you have an, an expectation to meet. Yeah, and there are there are companies that you've worked with, I'm sure, that LTL just makes a lot of sense for them. Yeah, I mean, we work with some that, you know, you've got one pallet of walnuts, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to, they're not going to pay an expedited, full, dedicated truckload rate to move one pallet to walnuts from the West Coast to the Midwest. Right. That just doesn't financially make sense. So in their case, you know, they've got time on their side, so they're like, well, let's save the money. Um, a lot of times, I mean, with the recent last couple of years, you've got a lot, of, a lot of larger retailers shipping maybe three, four times a week, but shipping pallet, a pallet or two because yeah. um, they're, they're going by that just-in-time delivery schedule, so they're not storing stuff like they used to. Um, and they're bringing stuff in as it's needed, so they're shipping actually less more often. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Cool. Well, any plans for the uh, National Logistics Day? Well, you know, I'm going to go back, uh, have a, a National Logistics Day burger, which I hear is supposed to be really good. Oh, yeah. And then better. I think we're all excited to, to bring the, the, the city in to kind of see what we do and yeah. do some meet and greets, get to get up and close and personal with uh, you know, some of our trucks. We got a, we got some of the large trailers out there. I think that's gonna be a good time. Yeah, they are big. Yeah, we're having a little bit of a celebration here at ATS um, National Logistics Day. You can come and touch a truck, so that'll be fun. I think that I will try to get behind the wheel and see what I can. Yeah, that's a scary thought. You might yeah. not be able to see over the wheel. Yep, yeah, don't give me the keys or anything. <laughs> oh wow, that's a low blow. All right, well, uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on, Josh. Appreciate. You thanks for having time. me. It's always fun as always. Yep, we'll definitely have you on again. Uh, in a future episode, we can talk. Uh, obviously, you move a lot of different freights, so there's a lot of stuff that we can cover. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Cool. Know where to find me. 
Sure do. You have been listening to Beyond the Road, the transportation industry podcast produced by Anderson Trucking Service. If you liked what you heard here today, make sure to follow along wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss our next episode, which we publish weekly. If you're interested in consuming some more transportation industry-related content and information, you can find that on the ATS Learning Hub, which I have linked in the show notes below, or at atsinc.com slash learninghub. That's atsinc.com slash learninghub. On the Learning Hub, you'll find a comprehensive library of answers to transportation's most common questions in the form of articles, videos, case studies, infographics, downloadable tools, and other podcasts, uh, which we produce to help you become the supplier that always delivers for its customers. Uh, We want to make sure that you are prepared as possible for this crazy world that is transportation. Uh, So on the Learning Hub, you will find answers to questions like, what does a freight brokerage do? What are the legal axle weight limits for commercial motor vehicles? Uh, LTL shipping, a step-by-step guide. What does international shipping cost? And so much more. So I invite you to check that out. Finally, if you are looking for the article on this topic that we covered today, um, it is titled... Why is my freight shipment taking so long? LTL, PTL, and FTL comparison. And I have also linked that below. So I invite you to check that out for a little more comprehensive overview of this topic. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Beyond the Road, and we will see you next time. (laughs) 